Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've teamed up with Manchester City to bring one listener the ultimate Manchester City fan experience. Immerse yourself in City's state-of-the-art stadium tour experience featuring all three of the treble winners' trophies as well as a first-hand feel as you walk out from the Etihad Stadium glass tunnel. But that's not all. Not only will you have a full tour of the stadium in all its glory, you will sit in Pep Guardiola's seat on the touchline to soak up that match day feel as well as experience the newly updated virtual press room where you can sit next to the likes of Pep Guardiola himself, Manuel Akanji, Nathan Ake and Erling Haaland. If you want to be in with a chance of winning this fantastic prize, all you have to do is subscribe to the Talking City podcast and leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and email a screenshot with your name, location and contact information to Talking City Pod, that's Talking City Pod at gmail.com, and we will announce the winner very soon. Good luck. And welcome to the Talking City podcast. For part one, you're going to have myself, Seb Parkinson. We're just waiting on Rich Fay, who's got a very important line to write, and uh, he will join us for part two. But in today's show, we're going to talk about the future of Pep Guardiola. Obviously, we've heard that Klopp is leaving, Xavi is leaving Barcelona. Uh, Mikel Arteta was asked about his future in a recent press conference. So we're going to talk about Pep Guardiola. His contract runs, as we know, at sort of, is it 18 months or so? Yes, si? yes, it is, yeah. So Pep's got around 18 months left on his contract, which which we keep talking about potentially coinciding with the outcome of the Premier League charges against Manchester City. So we're going to talk a bit about that. And obviously, we're going to review City's finally, City finally winning at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, finally scoring a goal. And then to end the pod, we're going to give a preview to City's, uh, City's clash with Burnley uh, later on in the week. But before we jump into the, the review of the Tottenham game side, the talk of the week has been the future of a lot of managers. Pep Guardiola, uh, sorry, Jurgen Klopp on Friday dropped the bombshell that he was leaving Liverpool, which has sent the world into disarray. And then Xavi uh, announced that he was going to leave Barcelona at the end of the season. Mikel Arteta was then asked about his future because he's been linked to the Barcelona job and everything in between. So it begs the question, after City's win at the weekend, 
Where does Pep Guardiola's future lie? Is is it in doubt? Is Pep Guardiola potentially running his contract down? He's, he, he was asked, I think, after winning the treble, what more to win? And it was to to score a goal or win at Tottenham. He's won the Super Cup. He's he won five trophies in a year. He, he seems like he's completed the set. So what's going on? Uh, only Pep knows. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, nobody at City expects him to stay beyond three years. So the fact that he's expected to stay for nine is is pretty remarkable. Um, I think, you know, Klopp going from Liverpool was a big shock, but Klopp talking about being low on energy. Um, you can understand that. Um, Pep seems to be pretty full of energy at the minute. Um, you know, he's he's really relaxed into his his position kind of over the years at City. And, you know, he was asked on Friday after the win at Tottenham if he had energy and he said, yeah, I've got energy for a year and a half and then I might extend. So, you know, there is the potential to go beyond nine years for for City. Um, losing Klopp will be big for him because this is, you know, a guy who likes to challenge himself against the very best. And Klopp is the very best, you know, below Pep. Um, Klopp's Liverpool have pushed City to greater heights and City have pushed Liverpool to greater heights. So the two have been mutually beneficial. And, you know, I mean, the Klopp-Guardiola rivalry goes back to uh, when they were at Bayern and Dortmund. But, you know, really these two in English football have really stood out and, and City have won the lion's share. Um, but Liverpool have still caused them pain in both the Premier League and the Champions League. And they've won both of those, you know, the two biggest trophies you can win as well um, under Klopp. So, it, you know, it with Klopp going, it kind of removes almost removes one of the biggest motivations for Guardiola. Um, you know, there are other managers coming through to test himself against an Arteta and there's Pochettino and De Zerbi and all these people, um, Postacoglu as well. But, you know, Klopp was the one. Um, and, you know, he said it on Friday night, a little bit of Man City feels lost because Klopp's gone because they don't have that sort of stick to compare themselves to. Um, however... You know, this is a guy who hasn't broken a contract. So you would expect to see him uh, see through to 2025. And who knows, really? You know, I don't think Pep knows yet what he's going to do. Um, and it, there's a, there's every chance that he could extend. There's every chance he could walk away. There's a chance he could walk away at the end of this season, maybe. You know, it it is very hard, like you say, when you've completed everything and you sort of after your next challenge. This is what City have been so good at coming back and doing that. And, and Pep has been the one driving that. But, um, you know, one day it will come to an end and, and Klopp leaving has kind of brought that a bit into focus for for City and Guardiola. But listening to him on Friday night, he was, he was full of energy. Yeah, and we won't go too deep on this because in Act 2, Part 2 of this podcast, Rich Vey is going to join us and talk to you, Si, a bit more in depth about that and go into a bit more detail on that. But before we do move on to the the review of the Spurs game, I just want to give a plug. Very soon, you'll be able to watch this podcast live as we record it over on our Facebook page at Man City MEN. We'll eventually get that live on YouTube as well. But for now, you'll watch it on YouTube in the evening. You'll obviously still be able to listen to it on all of your favourite podcast platforms at the normal time that we release the pod, so don't worry about that. But if you aren't subscribed to us on Facebook and YouTube, Head over to at Man City MEN or search for Talking City Podcast 
and you'll be able to join us there. And like I say, you'll be able to see us live in living colour. So if we make a mistake, you'll see it. Anyway, Sai, let's jump straight into City beating Spurs. It was a massive, massive moment. Manchester City took the lead after, what, four or five minutes. We all thought that was it. City have done it. They finally scored at Spurs and then it was ruled out. But fortunately for Man City, Nathan Ake came up with a goal later on in the game to seal that win and get the win, move City up into the fifth round of the FA Cup. So just just talk to us about the performance. You were there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What was the mood like and uh, what was the food like? I mean, the, the food was exceptional. The The stadium is real. I can't praise it enough. It gets better every time you go. It is, it is the best stadium in the country and it makes every other stadium in the country feel really outdated, whether that is the Emirates, the Etihad, whichever. Um, like it is out on its own is easily the best. Um, yeah, the game was was decent. Two strong teams picked by by Tottenham and City, um, and it was a it was a good game. City played really well. Um, it was I don't want to say it was comfortably the best performance at that stadium because they played really well at that stadium and lost, but um, it it was probably comfortably the most complete performance. Um, the first half was kind of nip and tuck, and pretty even um you know Spurs seeing some of the ball City dangerous on the counter and then City sort of taking the the impetus of the game uh the second half was really kind of City really up the ante and especially when they brought De Bruyne and Doku on that was um kind of the signal Spurs were just trying to hold on at that point and it was a case of will City get that goal or will Tottenham hold out for a replay and um, you know, there were 9,000 City fans in the stadium who were all living every kick. I had um, Sean Wright Phillips sort of on my row in the in, in the press box and there was Noel Gallagher sat directly behind and they were both kind of getting increasingly uh, both frustrated and thinking we are never going to score in this stadium because City had chance after chance after chance. Alvarez missed a really good chance uh, one-on-one with the keeper. De Bruyne missed an even bigger chance um, sort of past the 80th minute and you're thinking <laughs> they, they just aren't going to score. And then uh, as injury time approached, corner came in, Nathan Ake stabbed it home. Um, and 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 that was that. Was that. It, it was um, obviously a lovely moment for everyone there to finally see City score at the stadium and a, another really impressive performance and win. Yeah, so just looking at the game as well, um, if we just go off the, the stats, City had 18 shots to Tottenham's one, five shots on target to Tottenham's one, 14 corners to Tottenham's two, and possession, they had 57% possession. So so it was it was on paper a very, very dominant performance. Now, the only thing I took away from the game was when you watch City against Newcastle, Granted, they went they went behind in that game. They didn't against Spurs. The football that they were playing looked a lot more succinct than it did against Spurs. It felt that in the, during the Spurs game, it felt a little bit chaotic at times. There was a, there was a lot of possession lost, a lot of possession turnover from both teams as well. And it felt like you could really tell that City had had a had a, a bit of a break away from from playing football. And obviously, they've been in that warm weather training camp over in Abu Dhabi. So from from that perspective, do you, do you feel that? City looked a little bit of, you know, got rid of a bit of ring rust, but also 
Do you think the occasion might have been a factor in that? Um, I think the I think the occasion possibly. I think more likely was um, yeah, just the, we haven't played a game for two weeks. Spurs haven't played a game for two weeks. Like you say, especially in the first half, there were moments where you're like, this this isn't particularly high standard of football. Um, as they both kind of gave it to each other, but I think I think the Spurs plan as it was in the league game at the Etihad, was to sort of lose City's control and bring a bit more of that chaos. Um, and if you think back to that league game, which was only a month, well, it was pretty much two months ago, it was the start of December, um, Spurs really did unsettle City and kind of got them uh, exposed in dangerous areas and scored three goals against them. Whereas um, Friday night was the, the first time that Postacoglu Spurs have not scored in a match. So that's like over 20 matches. And, you know, for City to have as much control as they did to, you know, restrict them to one shot and no goals showed kind of how much more control City were able to bring and have brought to, you know, their their performances since kind of the, their slump in December um, that really kind of shows the improvement over the last six weeks. You know, I was talking to my dad about this yesterday and he 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 basically said to me, I can see City winning the treble again this season. And I just I actually said that I, I can't see it. I just don't think they've got that I don't think they've got that impetus this season that they had last season to go on and do that. But you know, hopefully for City fans' perspectives, I'm wrong. But I just I don't think a team, especially English team, have never won a treble and then won a treble again. I think four in a row is probably a big, a big sort of a uh, milestone, a big statement to make. So what's your perspective from what you've seen of City so far this season? Do you think they've got anything, any possibility of retaining that treble? I mean, absolutely. I mean, the sort of counter question is who's going to stop them? Liverpool in the league have a decent chance. Um, Arsenal, a smaller chance. Like FA Cup again, there's, you know, Liverpool are in there and maybe... I don't know, do you say Chelsea or United could beat them on the day? Possibly, but it'd be, it'd be an upset. Um, and and the Champions League as well, kind of, you, you're only really talking kind of uh, Real Madrid and maybe Bayern Munich, but they're, they're not really pulling up any trees in the Bundesliga. Um, so, you know, you look around Europe and you, you struggle to see many if any better teams than City and you know they've won seven in a row they seem to be uh, gearing up for a a run that they like to make in the second half of the season and you listen to Kyle Walker talk and he he says you know we're in the business part of the season now we get it we know listen to Guardiola and he says yeah the players now know that if they lose it's big it matters there's a lot riding on it they can't lose and you know Nathan Ake um as well after the game was saying, you know, like we're we're going on the attack now. City feel like they are ready to hunt and until they play Liverpool in about five weeks' time, they've not really got anyone strong in the league. They've got Copenhagen in the last sixteen of the, the Champions League, they've got Luton away in the last sixteen of the FA Cup, which you would expect them to get through. So you're talking about you could be getting to the start of March with FA Cup quarterfinal, Champions League quarterfinal pretty much in the bag and maybe two points off Liverpool as you go to Anfield. So, and on like a 12-13 match winning streak. So, I don't know, would you be more confident then? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I just the way I look at it is because City lost Gundogan and Mares, and then the players that they've brought in. So they've brought in uh, Kovacic, which we'll talk about in a second. But then they've brought in Nunez as well, who feels like he's sort of been pushed out of the team or, or just can't get himself into the team. It just, I just get the feeling that as the players are getting out, we've had, we've had um, Harlan's been injured and been away for a, for a fair while. We don't know exactly when he's going to come back. Obviously, he scored a lot of goals this season already, but it feels like the team just hasn't, it just hasn't had that same conviction that it had last season. When we were watching Man City last season, it felt like this, there's, there's something special going on here, and there's something they're going to kick into gear. And it feels like this season, because maybe it's just maybe it's just because I saw it last year, but I just don't see that same desire and that same like we've never done this before. It's unprecedented. Let's go and do it. I feel like they've done it now, and it's almost like let's let's sort of regroup. Let's give these players another year under their belt. Let's see where we go this year. I think the I think they'll win the league. I genuinely think they'll win the league. Um, I, you know, I look at the FA Cup and think, would they sacrifice winning the FA Cup again to try and mount a Champions League run and and retain that trophy? Obviously, Pep's won it once uh, with City now since since he won it with Barcelona. So we know that that how important that trophy is to him. So I, I just I was just looking at it from a from a a perspective of it's never been done before where they've won a treble treble a double treble sorry, and I just don't think no matter how good a team is I just don't think that it can it can go on for that long. I hope for City fans' perspective I'm proved wrong. Um, it would be it would be an absolutely incredible achievement, but I don't know. I just there's, there's just something telling me, and I think your question, your counter question, was absolutely spot on. Who's going to stop them? The answer is I don't know. You know, maybe maybe injuries is the only thing that could stop them really, and and player fatigue because Pep does have quite a he quite to, let's keep quite a small squad of players, doesn't it? Like you are absolutely right. It shouldn't be done. It shouldn't happen. Like the the, the double treble has not happened because it shouldn't happen. Like statistically, it would be an enormous outlier. Um, you know, it's like, you know, not to give any traitor spoilers away, but like you can have a perfect game plan and everyone goes in with a perfect game plan, but so, so many of them get derailed. Like how often does someone have a perfect game plan and it all comes off that happened for city last season? What are the odds of it happening again? Even bigger. So no, they shouldn't win the treble again this season. Like something should happen, whether that's Liverpool whether it's Real Madrid, whether it's Copenhagen, whether it's injuries, something should stop them from winning the, the treble. But as we sit here at the end of January with a very favourable February for City coming up, you say it's very much on. Yeah, and I, I didn't just want to sort of move on from it. I just wanted to talk quickly about Kovacic before we come to the end of part one. But but I, I think Real Madrid are stronger this season, obviously signing a Jude Bellingham and... But but you're right. I mean, there isn't another team around Europe other than Real Madrid who I look at and think you could beat City or give City a run for their money. I think City obviously had that that bogey against Real Madrid, where beating them last season was a was a was a much of a big deal for Pep as, as City fans as well. Just because you know, I think famously was it the season before the season before that when they knocked them out and scored a few late goals against City, and it was it looked like City were going through. So I I think you're like you're right in terms of it shouldn't happen and. There's just something in the back of my mind telling me it won't happen, but but there's part of me thinking it could happen. <laughs> but I just look at this. The reason, the reason I think the reason I'm a little bit dubious about it happening is because of the players that are coming in. Like you've got Oscar Bob, who's currently a young player being blood in for his first proper season. You've got 
Guardiol, the jury's still out on him. I think by a lot of City fans are a bit unsure about, is he the real deal? You've got John Stones who sort of is injured and his, his injuries are cropping up and he's obviously a massive staple in that team. You've got um, you've got De Bruyne who's just coming back from an injury and you've, City fans have got to look at it and think, please stay fit because you are our talisman in that team. You've got Haaland with this, this is it stress fracture on his foot, is it? We don't, you know, we, we're not doctors. We don't really know how serious that can be and whether that could crop up again. And then uh, I'll move on to Kovacic in a sec, but Kovacic coming in. Well, well Kovacic, people are sort of saying, is he? Yeah, Kovacic is part of it. You know, he's not fully convinced since moving. And, you know, Kovacic and Nunes, neither of them are close to doing what Gundogan did. Um, but there's also a bit of recency bias in that, you know, for six weeks after the World Cup last season, City were rubbish. City were really, really bad. Um, and they lost 1-0 at Tottenham at the start of February last season and it was like, these guys have got no chance of winning the league. You know, Jamie Carragher came out and said Haaland had joined the wrong team and then they were so amazing that in those final sort of from mid-February to mid-May that everyone remembers them as as an amazing team and they were, but they weren't for a, a long stretch of that season. But, you know, from Friday night, Kovacic was really good you know, one of his best performances. He was kind of good at the start of the season, then he dipped and he, and he's come back again and been good in recent weeks. And Friday was an excellent performance that makes you think that kind of, yes, yeah, suddenly a midfield of, of Rodri, Kovacic and Foden and kind of Bernardo slotting in as well is quite strong. And you're no longer sort of thinking, who is that second midfielder in the three going to be? Because it's Kovacic. So he's not quite there, but if he can get there, then that would really strengthen City um, f- for the running. Yeah, and I think there's, there's, there's this um, sort of cloud over Man City as well, where a player needs to play under Pep Guardiola for a season before they really come good. And, and again, that sort of comes into the whole sphere of my thinking about whether City can go on. And it's almost like I sort of refer to it as boxing, when you've got a boxer that's winning the fight comfortably you know, they're winning every round, maybe maybe drop one round and then they have a round or two off just to get their energy back so they can go the full 12. Yeah. And I sort of think that's where City are at the minute in terms of their their sort of recouping to then go again and I don't know whether that's going to be this season. But then again, if they win a, they win a treble this season, you know, how do they, like, I think the, 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 the Lionel Messi conversation is how do you keep the motivation, desire? Because once you've won everything, how do you then motivate yourself to to keep going? You know, Pep Guardiola's motivation was to win the Champions League, to win away at Spurs, score a goal at Spurs. It's like, what what more is it? And I think, I don't know if it was on this pod that we talked about it, where there's not many people out there who can plan for winning everything because you, you plan up to winning it. But then once you've won it, it's like, where do we go from here? And that's where you see a lot of drop-off. Obviously, City haven't dropped off. They're, they're looking really good and really strong. But... um but it's uh, it, it's just I don't know I, I I'll I'll believe it when I see it but I don't know there's just if I was if I was betting on it I wouldn't bet that City would win a treble yeah I think it, it's just difficult for us kind of to understand and comprehend because you know with the best will in the world we don't have that mindset you know you've got the best players in the world or you know some of the best players in the world one of the best squads in the world who can all reset after winning. Uh, multiple trophies and you've got the best manager in the world who leads them all and gives them that extra step. So, you know, they and, you know, they have dropped off since winning the treble, but they've done it in City style. 
which means their drop off was like second place or fourth place and a few points off the top and now they're raring to go again so it, it is you know extraordinary and we shouldn't kind of like shy away from the fact that it is kind of difficult to explain uh, and for that reason which kind of tees up part two like the there has to be kind of doubts over when Guardiola will say he's had enough because he's already won so much and not walks away. And that's it. That's the beauty of it. Because you look at Liverpool now and you think, who next? What next? Can that, you know, Klopp's come in and built a foundation. He's built up, you know, the 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 way that the club operates around his style. You know, can can another manager come in and, and recoup that? But like, a, like you said there, we're going to talk a bit more in depth about that in part two. I'm going to hand you over now to Rich Fay, who's going to come in and take the reins. I will be uh, be back soon, and then hopefully we'll have Joe Bray back soon as well. He'll be uh, back in back in business. So join us for part two, where there's a bit more of an in-depth talk about Pep, Arteta, and Jurgen Klopp. See you in a sec. Seamless, that wasn't it? Absolutely I mean, seamless. You talk about. You talk about replacing managers; they're not being a drop-off. Changing hosts halfway through a podcast—I mean, it's not advised, is it? But it's but it's happened. Uh, so, Sai, I mean, managerial talk. I, did we start this week's podcast with a minute silence for for Jurgen Klopp or, or not? <laughs> it was. Uh, I think we're going to be in black and white to to reflect the tone. You know, no no colours. Too much allowed. laughter already. I'm not liking this. It's a bit too upbeat. Somber. We should be in mourning. I think you um, might be able to say you, so you'll yeah. never walk alone in the background. Yeah, if we can get that faded in right now, yeah. actually, that'd be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Please produce a Seb. Um, I mean, it is a very interesting time in the Premier League side. Pep Guardiola, of course, could maybe in the next few years leave City. Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. There's links of Arteta perhaps going to Barcelona. It's all change. What do you make of, of the landscape at the moment then? Because I think very permanently, I mean, Liverpool fans never expected Klopp to actually leave. City fans might still be in slight denial that Pep ever will leave, but there will come a time when, you know, it's going to be role reversal and it's going to be us talking about Pep Guardiola going in. Maybe we'll be having a minute of silence then. Yeah, it was quite a nice rehearsal for what will happen when Guardiola leaves, I think, on Friday, because I, I think it will be a similar style announcement where it's just kind of like, yep, I'm going at the end of the season. Thanks very much. And everyone will be like, what? Um, Yeah, it's kind of depressing for the rest of the league, I guess, and certainly Liverpool fans, because everyone's been waiting for, you know, once Guardiola leaves, then we'll have a really chance because City will drop off. You know, it's kind of been accepted now that Guardiola is the main reason behind City pushing so many points. Um, so I think Liverpool fans were hoping that once Guardiola went, then Klopp and Liverpool could take over, but it, it won't be Klopp and Liverpool because Klopp's going at the end of this season. Um, and yeah, you know, you can... <sighs> Klopp knows himself better than anyone. And, uh, you know, he was outstanding at Dortmund and then things got a bit sticky and uh, and he he left. And then he was outstanding at Liverpool and then he's had a few seasons in that where... Things haven't gone so well. He's built them back up again. They look really, really good this season. But he he clearly feels he's not got enough in the tank. Um, you know, it, it must be exhausting going against City and Guardiola. Like it, it's exhausting playing under Guardiola, but going up against him, um, it must be really, really draining. Um, and so, yeah. 
Well, we always say that Pep's sort of two, three steps ahead of everyone. So to yeah. be better than him, you've got to be four, five steps ahead. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose the the elephant in the room, though, Sai, is if Jurgen Klopp is tired and low on energy, well, surely Pep must be approaching that himself just by virtue of, of how much it means to him and how intense it's been, you know, on a city yeah, front. Yeah, well, you would think so. But then, you know, he was really interesting on Friday um, after the Tottenham game. He was sort of asked, you know, do you have the energy? Well, no, he, he said he hadn't spoken to, to Jürgen, but he could appreciate feeling that feeling of tiredness and exhaustion and spoke about his time at Barcelona and how, you know, he just wanted people to leave him alone. And obviously had a sabbatical at the end of that um, and then went to Bayern for three years and then he's been at City for, this, this is his eighth year. Um, he was asked kind of like, have you got that feeling now? Did you have it after the treble? And he was like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, I might extend my contract. So, you know, it was a bit of a flippant might extend, but the the point is genuine that the pressure and the, the sort of pressure on him at Barcelona was so much greater than he has at City, um, in part because of the nature of the clubs, but also the nature of the media. It's sort of, it's very oppressive over there in Barcelona and sort of timely enough, we've seen the end of Xavi at Barcelona um, for, for those reasons, really, because... Um, you know, he, he has found it, it too much. It's consumed him and he says like, you know, I, I need a break. I need what's best for my family and, and all this. So, you know, Guardiola hasn't had that in England and doesn't have that in England and won't have it. So he's kind of got more freedom to, to decide what he wants to do and when he wants to go, um, which is good news for City fans, I suppose. I suppose the question as well I'd like to ask you, Sai, is Liverpool fans now are frantically searching for who their next manager might be. Obviously, Xavi Alonso makes sentimental sense and he's been very good with Bayer Leverkusen. If Pep was to do this shock announcement himself, do you think there is a, a managerial candidate out there who City would like and see? Obviously, we all know that City's contingency plan would be to try and ensure there isn't as big a drop-off as, as there could be. And it feels inevitable that there will be some sort of drop-off. I mean, Barcelona will have said that, but Luis Enrique, of course, went on to break even more records of them. Do you think right now there is a managerial candidate who who would be a front-runner if Pep dropped his own bombshell? Uh, I'm not sure there would be one outstanding favourites because I think, you know, because of the way City is run, there will be, you know, they're, they're, they've already come up with names for who they might like. And I think they would want to kind of go through a thorough interview process you know um Chiki Bagiris and Ferran Soriano when they were at Barcelona had to choose between Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola now you can't think of two kind of more contrasting managers um but those were Barcelona picks you would imagine that cities will all be of a very similar mold um you know people and, and Guardiola will will help pick his successor because he kind of wants to and feels the responsibility to. Did go wrong for Sarks Ferguson that, did it? <laughs> no, but you know, he he has kind of cheeky Bagirison rather than Ed Woodward, I suppose. Um he Yeah, I, I think, you know, you will I think Jabi Alonso would be among the front runners if he continues to do what he does at Leverkusen. He he does have strong links to Liverpool, but he also, you know, has has strong links to Guardiola having sort of thrived under him. Um, you know, Ange Postacoglu has done himself no 
no harm. He's got a lot of support within the City Football Group for for everything he has done. Um, yeah, I think there are kind of a number of different uh, people and it. it might not necessarily be the, the biggest name. Um, you know, Roberto De Zerbi kind of, no one had really heard of until last year with Brighton and, and now he is emerged as as a real a real candidate so so there are you you'll see someone who has kind of those city ideals um rather than it being a case of like right peps going who's the biggest name we can get exactly otherwise you know i mean jose is out of a job at the moment isn't he so (laughs) there won't be any phone calls to to the special one um interesting as well you know the links with Arteta perhaps going to to Barcelona. I mean, Pep Guardiola's comments all often get rehashed, don't they, about he could replace me one day. He saw this managerial path for him. Arteta has done a good job at Arsenal. Once again, though, there'll be question marks about how good a manager he actually is. The fact that you know Arsenal haven't won any of the major prizes really un- under him. Do you think Arteta to to City could could ever happen, or do you think now that he's Almost become more of an Arsenal figure than a, than a City figure. That those bridges might might have been burned. Yeah, I mean it's completely down to him, and he, you know, it very much enjoyed his time in in Manchester and and has those links to City. But I, I think he would kind of almost have been more likely to get the job if he hadn't had as much success at Arsenal as he has. Um, it kind of feels like he's settling in there as you know a real to to make that his own. And once Klopp leaves, Arteta will be seen as and expected to be the main challenger to Guardiola you know he might even win the league this year but he will be there to to deliver them major silverware and take on take on Pep because it you know it'll have been there four years now Uh, so is it is it four or five December 19 yeah four good insight whatever it is four years Um, yeah so you know it'll be there four and a half uh, going into next season, so you would ex- it's four until it's five until to take the five. Arsenal mantra. <laughs> you you would expect him to be there challenging City and maybe in pole position to take advantage of the expected drop off when Guardiola leaves at City. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't have Arteta as kind of a a favourite for the job just because, like you say, I think he's become kind of too successful at Arsenal for that. We've spoken there about bombshells would it almost be more of a shock than if Pep signed a new contract again or do you think I mean what honestly from your own personal opinion do you think that we are entering endgame for for Pep at City or yeah I mean we were always told that look he would never last this long anyway and he's already defied belief so many times and he's perhaps already walked away he's already missed the opportune moments to walk away perhaps he's he's very very difficult um because we were just talking with Seb about you know motivation and uh, when you dis- when you decide enough is enough, you know it, it's been quite funny because this season Liverpool have been re-energized under Klopp, and Klopp has felt re-energized, and that has been the kind of mantra and the story behind Liverpool's rise to the top. And then as soon as he announces he's leaving, everyone's like, "Oh, he has been tired. He has been looking tired for a while." So yeah, no, yeah, he, he says he's low on energy. Yeah, he is, and and it's like you know the sort of conversation has changed just around one thing that people had no say over. You know, I personally, knowing, observing Guardiola every week, feel like he is more relaxed than he was maybe a few years ago. And certainly at the start of his tenure at City, 
Um, and he is relaxed kind of because he can, he knows, you know, what his squad can do. He's got left doubts about them. He's more confident in everyone around him and, you know, they keep winning he's, and he's got a young squad. So for as long as that is the case and there's more kind of, tar- there's always more targets to aim for, you think, well, you know, why wouldn't he continue and maybe make turn nine years into 10 or longer? But just like Klopp, you know, we could be doing a podcast in two months time where he's announced he's leaving at the end of the season as well. And I'm like, yeah, he was tired. You could tell he was tired. So um, the signs were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he says he's got enough energy left for, for 18 months till the end of his contract and, and maybe longer. And that is just kind of how you, how you have to take it. Although the, the one thing is, is that, you know, as I said, it'll be a similar announcement. I think it will be in the sense that there will be time given to this. Um, you know, it. It'll be. I mean, it'll probably be sort of Carabao Cup third round press conference next sort of September <laughs> October, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. When none of the sort of usual pack of air as well. That would be. That would be peak pep. Yeah. So it, it, people can expect that it's coming, but people have been expecting that it was coming since 2018, and it's still. Still not. So, you know, while it isn't, City fans will just love every minute of him being at their club. Yeah. If there's one thing you know about Pep Guardiola and Man City is never sort of take anything for granted and never expect the unexpected, really. I mean, we will be back after the short break to look ahead to City's clash with Burnley. We've teamed up with Manchester City to bring one listener the ultimate Manchester City fan experience. Immerse yourself in City's state-of-the-art stadium tour experience featuring all three of the treble winners' trophies as well as a first-hand feel as you walk out from the Etihad Stadium glass tunnel. But that's not all. Not only will you have a full tour of the stadium in all its glory, you will sit in Pep Guardiola's seat on the touchline to soak up that match day feel as well as experience the newly updated virtual press room where you can sit next to the likes of Pep Guardiola himself, Manuel Akanji, Nathan Ake and Erling Haaland. If you want to be in with a chance of winning this fantastic prize, all you have to do is subscribe to the Talking City podcast and leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and email a screenshot with your name, location and contact information to Talking City Pod. That's Talking City Pod at gmail.com. And we will announce the winner very soon. Good luck. Welcome back to part three of the Talking City podcast then from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Faye, joined by Simon once again. And Si, team news for Burnley. I mean, do we finally see Erling Haaland back in a City squad this week? We might well see Erling Haaland back in a City squad this week, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's no given because he has been out for two months and it's been kind of moving forward in training and then stepping back again. So he will have to sort of train well and consistently um, over the next few days. But the the signs are that, yeah, we, we will see Erling Haaland back in the squad against Burnley. 
it's remarkable, isn't it? What ten games he's been missing now? I think Pep said last week that he was on the on the verge, but not quite ready yet to feature against Tottenham. And there is that caution, isn't it, with Haaland dating back throughout all his senior career, really, that he does have the susceptibility to injuries. It's remarkable last season that you know he was so consistent for so long. But I suppose the key for City is if they want to get him back to that level, they can't just throw into temp too much can they they can't just whack him back in and hope everything be okay as much as it might pain some City fans it's better to be slow and steady with this one yeah yeah definitely and you know the injury has been sort of while he feels pain he can't play on it so it, it will be led by by him as much as the doctors um as to how much he plays but you know I think they've shown with with De Bruyne it's been quite a slow and slow introduction and that sort of hasn't necessarily dimmed what he's capable of um, so Haaland is probably similar c- from a sort of physicality point of view. He's still much bigger, but you know they will both take time to get up to speed. Um, but you know City have the the fixtures to get him up to speed, probably. Um, and you you know they would like to think that by kind of the end of February, he's um, he's not had any more issues and he, he's kind of picked up. Plenty of rhythm and, and a few more goals. Yeah, you do we expect him to sort of be hitting top form for that Manchester derby, wouldn't you? First week of, of yeah. March, the third of March. Got a hat trick, of course, against United at the Etihad last season. City should have won that game by 8-2 or something, but it was still pain pep that they only won 6-3 in the end. And, you know, that looks like the sort of time frame, might be for my personal judgment, where you'd, you'd expect him to be scoring four goals a game again. City will want him firing for the derby and then the week after that it's Liverpool away. So, you know, if there's one fixture where you don't mind playing rubbish and Erling Haaland nicking you a a scruffy goal to win the game, it's Liverpool away. So I think, you know, that will be the He wouldn't do that to Jurgen Klopp though, would he? Surely he's got too much (laughs) respect. Not on his farewell. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be a horrible, horrible thing to do if Haaland did that. Um, I suppose as well, Si, um, transfer news is pertinent because... By next time we record, the, the window will have slammed shut. Um, Calvin Phillips, did he ruin your trip to London on Friday by, by completing that move to West Ham early in the morning? He or? made it a very long day. Made it a very, very long day. Yeah, it was probably what a... Ooh, 20-hour day. That's not fun, is it? Um, Never fun. Um, did you manage to watch the avoid the traitor spoilers? By I the did, way? yeah, for, yeah. For those of the, I, who don't know. I managed a whole 24 the, hours. Because that was a FA Cup scheduling nightmare, wasn't it? The final of the traitors when City are playing Tottenham and it's all over social media. But It was a bit of a, a scandal, I thought, that they didn't rearrange the game. I thought as soon as they knew that it was a traitors final or just, you know, get everyone there and just put it on the big screen so people yeah, could... Yeah, just have it pumping in the stadium anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was bitterly disappointing that they decided to play football on that night. But you managed to avoid all spoilers? Managed to avoid to it, yeah. It. Stayed very quiet, so no uh, social media spoilers from from anyone. And, uh... It reminds me of when I was in high school and one of my friends, he was that guy who just loves NFL. There's always one, isn't there? Everyone knows someone who just loves NFL. And he basically... It was like Super Bowl was like 3am on the Sunday or Monday morning, effectively. He'd got through seven and a half hours of school without any spoilers <laughs> when someone just like we were in the bus bay waiting to go home and he'd been waiting to watch it all day, didn't know who won. And someone just slipped out just in passing and he got so, so angry. So, yeah, we know, we know what the, the spoiler alerts are like. But I suppose spoiler alert size that City won't be doing any more business before deadline day. 
or not planning to do anything significant. No, no, I think the squad's set. And I think with kind of De Bruyne coming back, even Doku coming back, Stones and Haaland before the end of January and on this kind of winning run, it feels like the squad is stronger than it was a month ago, um, even without any new signings. They've signed uh, Echeverry from from River, but he's staying there for the, the whole year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it will be contingent on injuries, whether they are able to, uh, you know, what success they're able to have this this year but I suppose there's a precedent set as well isn't there Sal by the fact that they have coped so I know they've not been perfect but they've coped quite well about De Bruyne and Haaland anyway Rodri's been the one who's probably had the biggest impact when he's been absent but there is like a precedent set yeah like they've won nine and drawn one without Haaland so it, it's not what are you missing bad. you're yeah. just not thrashing teams as much as you should have <laughs> or rather than Haaland scoring every goal other players are getting a chance yeah. to score yeah give yeah. Oscar Bob a go let him get a goal yeah yeah so um, you know that you bring those players but you know also they weren't going to win at Newcastle until De Bruyne came came on so he showed what he can do and you know Alvarez missed a few at Tottenham that Haaland might have stuck away so and like you said those games coming up Derby and Liverpool they're the type of games where in years gone by City have rude missed chances and we've always said if they had a striker they win that if Mares can take a penalty they win that game at Anfield um, there's been those fine margins and Haaland by then could could make those into two very good wins yeah and you know Guardiola has been asked a few times you know about how well the team have played without Haaland and how well they've done and he He's always made a point of saying, like, look, we, we want him back. We need him back. Like, we are better with Erling Haaland. It doesn't matter how much you can say. You've done really well without him. Like, he's, a world, he's the best number nine in the world. So, It's such a hipster sort of argument, isn't it? Like, City are actually better without Haaland, except for the fact that he scores tons of goals when he plays. Like, yes, they, they might do some little things better, but... What does he actually bring to the team apart from 60 goals a season? You're like, yeah, yeah. What does he bring about other than a treble and 60 goals? Yeah, I mean, yeah. great. Apart from that, what Good has point. he ever done for us? Why do we always end up on one Python? Of... Yeah, oh well. Um, I'm not even going to try and make a link into that. I'm just going to leave it. Um, thank you very much for joining us today on Talking City Podcast. We will be back on Friday to look back at what happened against Burnley. We will also bring you up to date with if there was any sort of transfer news. That's, that's Bit exciting, wasn't it? There won't be. Yeah, Sign a traitor. Nothing. Um, just got one. Got rid of one, haven't they? So maybe they could. Start, maybe they to, could uh, announce Jurgen Klopp. That'd be fun. Maybe Barada's last act could be to sort of recruit <laughs> another traitor to take his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be very, very in keeping with it. But yeah, we will be back on Friday. Uh, not sure who, what the lineup will be on our end, but yeah, stick with us at the Manchester Evening News. Please make sure to leave a like a review and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll be back again on Friday.